At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson as we wrap up the first week of training camp, or I should say the weekdays. The Pelicans are off today, but we'll be back in action tomorrow and on Sunday in preparation for preseason game number one on Monday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Joining me today is the Valley Sports New Orleans crew. That is Joel Myers, television play-by-play voice, and Antonio Daniels, television analyst for Valley Sports New Orleans, as they've been in practice all week long. Also, you can find them on SiriusXM Radio. They have a really good training camp special on the Pelicans coming up tonight. We'll get to that in a moment. But, guys, we just have to start with the fact that we all got to watch practice in person all week long, something we could not do um, all of last season and Joel, I'll start with you then go to Antonio, just the energy that we've been able to see from this team. And you guys have been able to watch some of the night practices as well. Just the buzzwords have been vibes and energy. And I feel like we've had that this week. Don't you think? Yeah, there's no question. Um, you can tell with the staff that the, there's a connection and, and the players are getting into it, not only with the staff and, and that kind of connection, but with each other. And it's healthy, the competition, the internal competition, what they're doing together, and the way they're pushing each other on the floor. Uh, and I know AD and I have been talking about this over the last – we've had five practices, and we've been there for all five, so firsthand we've seen it. Uh, the guys are motivating each other, and the voices of the assistant coaches are being heard. There's just a different feel right now, real positive energy in that building. And we'll get into it, but this is a much deeper squad than we have seen over the last couple of years for the Pels. I, um, I, I've loved every minute of it, t- to be honest. Um, you know, you don't really realize the luxury and the blessing it is to watch practice until you're, you can't watch practice. So we didn't get an opportunity to watch practice last year with Stan Van Gundy. But I tell you what, to sit back and watch Willie Green and, and Casey Hill and, and Jaron Collins and Fred Vinson and Teresa Weatherspoon to watch them interact and relate to their players is a thing of beauty. I don't think there's anything more important in today's NBA than a coach's ability to relate to his players. To watch Willie empower his coaches and the voices of his coaches is awesome. To watch them run practice, to watch um, them take over certain drills and for Willie just kind of sit back and, and kind of use his voice accordingly. And the thing that you've noticed is he, that's strategic. So when he does say something, you know that he really has something to say. Uh, Joe mentioned internal competition and how important that is. Depth. To look next to you and realize there's a guy that has a similar skill set of yours that could possibly take your minutes, that breeds internal competitiveness. And these practices are extremely competitive. They aren't just playing at a high level. They're playing extremely hard. Absolutely. And you can tell they're getting into it. They're 
they're not you're yelling at officials, you know, player development coaches and all that have to officiate. I mean, they are competing every single play when they're doing five on fives, four on four. So it is really great to see. And, and we talked about Antonio, they talked about that as well as Willie Green being labeled a player's coach. I think a lot of that talks to you about him playing in the league for 12 years and being able to relate to these guys. How important is it for them to have a guy that's been through the same things that they are going through right now? Because I think Jonas talked about it after practice the other day. Uh, and, and same goes for, for Josh Hart, allowing them to have more freedom. Um, how important is that for the players that to have that respect for their coach based on the fact that he has been in the league for so long? You know, I, I think that when you go back and you look at some of the great coaches, or coaches that have had success in this league, they're role players. Because role players can relate to everybody on that bench. Willie can relate to someone as a starter. He can relate to someone that's coming off the bench. And he can relate to someone whose minutes are inconsistent. So that means he knows how everyone's feeling. So the conversation that he may have with Devontae Graham may be completely different than the conversation that he may have with Kyra Lewis. But they all truly appreciate that. There is something to be said about someone that has walked your path. There's something to be said about someone that has been in your shoes. And to watch them relate to and speak to and communicate with head coach Willie Green, vice versa, that does nothing from my perspective but pay dividends in the long run. If you In today's NBA, if you can speak a player's language, they will run through a wall for you. They will play extremely hard for you. And I think a good example of that is what we saw during summer league and how hard those guys competed. And, and AD, you faced Willie in, in the league. Mm-hmm. Willie wasn't in the league because he was a natural. Willie was in the league because he was a physical guard. He got into you. He played hard. He didn't take a trip off. And I think that carries over into that connection with these players. So, uh, Willie Green was in the league for and he was with the Hornets, don't forget, full season in 2011. So he has a good understanding of the city. We talked about that yesterday, D, with him a little bit, coming full circle and coming back from where he had a, a season as a player. But Daniel, they'll play hard, and he's a no-nonsense guy. He's already, you can tell, he's already developing a relationship with these guys, but it's a respectful one early, very early, and we've seen that in practice. And Joel, how much of a factor is it that he worked, came off of a championship run with Monty as a head coach and then working in Golden State with Steve Kerr? How much is those two coaches um, being the head coaches while he was an assistant kind of help him mold to be the coach that he's looking to become here in New Orleans? Well, you know, it's kind of funny, Daniel. And A.D. told us yesterday that his uncle really was a, a major influence on him who coached him as a young man. So here he is, and he talked about also the differences between Steve Kerr and Monty. Monty, as he said, was brutally blunt, and Steve could get into it, but in a different way. Everybody's style and personality is different. It'd be pretty boring if we were all the same, and everybody did it the same way. So he's coming off successful runs with two organizations, which is really a positive for the Pels. He's seen it at the highest level. He championships at Golden State, a team that went to the finals last year with Monty and the Suns. Uh, so it's it's a real good situation for the Pels. And he is young enough where these guys, he can relate to them. He can talk to them. He just turned 40 years old. So there's a lot of things working in the Pels' favor, bringing in a guy like Willie Green. You know, from to, to watch um, and realize how much of a blessing it is to – 
have a successful NBA career. I, I think of my 13 year career and I think of some of the coaches that I was blessed to play under. And regardless of the level, if I ever do coach at any level, there's something that you take from all of those coaches. And, and Willie spoke about that yesterday. You know, what he has learned from Steve Kerr, what he has learned from Monty Williams. And you take certain things from those coaches and you apply that to your particular coaching style. And it is such a blessing for to be in a position of success, coming from different successful situations that Joe just alluded to, the championships in Golden State to, you know, making it to the finals and in Phoenix last year. So not only did you see it, but you saw it in the most significant parts, times of the season, the most important times of the season during playoff runs, you know, when you're down in the playoff series. How does, how does that coach come to work that day? How does he relate to his players? How can I make that guy the best version of himself? Knowing that what I say for one player or to one player may motivate him, but it may break another player. So it's really about understanding and developing relationships. And in the words of, of Willie Green, and he told us yesterday, anytime he's coaching, he's coaching from a place of love because when guys understand Excuse me, when guys understand that they're being coached, coached from a place of love, their mentality is different. Their effort is different. And I think that's a great approach. Yeah, and AD, I wanted to tag on that because he, sure. he's giving everybody a chance. It's, it's an open campus right now. Oh, the baseline's set. There's no question about that with Brandon, Zion, and Jonas. But he's also giving guys the opportunity, the openings, the options as he said yesterday, after to the local meetings, Trey Murphy shooting lights out. Don't discount the fact that he could be a starter eventually. He could be in that rotation, and who knows, maybe even a starter with the way he's shooting right now. So, as I said, Nate, you and I have talked about it, how deep this team is now and how many options. And then the veterans that they brought in, like Valanchunas, Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, who's a real bonus to have who's a Baton Rouge guy and happy to be here and living in New Orleans. Uh, it's real interesting. You've got veterans that are going to impart wisdom on these, because it's still a young roster for the most part, that these veterans play. They're not here as mentors that are sitting at the end of the bench. So it's real interesting. And the competition is really healthy. But he's giving everybody a chance. Everybody realizes this is a new coach, and they're trying to impress the new coach. And, A.D., you know what it's like. When you go into a situation and you do have an opportunity, you are given that chance. AD, let me ask you then about, you read my mind, Joel, talking about the veteran players. And we talk about leadership and Garrett Temple has been a guy that's really stuck out to me, at least when watching these practices, when off the bench, you know, on the side, he's talking to Kyra Lewis. He's talking to some of the other rookies. He's talking to even some of the veterans on the team, stopping some drills and trying to explain and making sure that we have to, they have to go hard during every single minute of practice. It just seems like that is something that's going to really help this team, um, not only the backcourt, but I think everyone. A, a guy like Garrett Temple, you, you played against AD. Um, just what does it mean to have a guy like him on this roster? Well, the thing I like that, that Garrett represents is a leadership mentality is not do as I say. It's do as I do. So he's not going to ask these guys, even though there's a 15-year gap between him and Kyra Lewis. He's not going to ask these guys to do something that he's not willing to do himself. 
So when he's stopping a drill, which I love to see veterans do, because that means there's some attention to detail. And when you first come into this league, it's easy to kind of develop um, bad habits in certain drills and you kind of just go through the motions. But when you have a vet that's been in this league for a significant amount of time and has carved out a reputation for himself, as a young player, you sit back and you watch him and you think, how did he do that? How can I stand this league? And the way that he handles himself professionally, the way that he speaks to these guys, these young players, even though there's a significant age gap, he is a perfect liaison from the player to coach Willie Green to have on that floor, like to, just to watch him sit back. And you just spoke to some of the things, you know, to watch the way he communicates, to watch the way he'll shut down a drill and kind of have everybody's attention. But the thing to watch is not the way the drill is shut down, it's to watch the response of the guys that are watching him. That's, that's where the respect comes from. Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll leave this for the Sirius XM show, but he talks about how he tries to in, instill his leadership role and learning about the guys on his team and some mm-hmm. of the things they do off the court. But I'm going to leave that for you guys. And it's something that y'all really have to tune into for some of these conversations. But Garrett has some really great stuff about just his leadership approach um, on every single team that he's been on. And that's still the same here win New Orleans. Joel, you've been bringing up competition. You've been bringing up depth. And I feel like when it comes to starting to watch these preseason games, the backcourt is what everyone's going to want to keep their eye on. You mentioned the baseline for the most part, Valanchunas, B.I., Zion. Those are three of your starters. But the, the backcourt is what everyone's going to keep their eye on with Devontae and Nikhil. You got Garrett. You got Tomas Sadaransky. You got Hart that can be a guard as well. You just have guys that you mentioned it. There's a lot of options for Willie Green to have. How much will that help? far as the preseason and evaluating what this team is capable of and how maybe some of these mat- lineups can work well with each other and some that maybe Willie will have to tweak. Well, in developing chemistry, that's what the preseason's all about. And then they can find out what combinations and rotations do work well together. And AD can speak to that because he's played at the highest level. Uh, let's remind everybody a couple of things. First of all, Devontae Graham's got a better, he's got a good handle. Devontae can, you know, we, we all saw him shoot with Charlotte, but he's got a pretty good handle too. Nikhil is like Trey right now in the gym. You think it, it, it's a shock when he misses. He looks that good. His experience with the Canadian national team was huge for him. He played at a high level. He almost got him to the Olympic Games. A couple of 30-point games at the end for them uh, was the one who forced overtime in the last game when they almost got to the Olympics. So Nikhil has looked really good. But also let everybody know that Jackson Hayes looks different. Jackson Hayes has arc on his shot now. It's not flat. It's not a frozen rope. Uh, Everybody, Sadoransky looks good. It's really good with the competition from within because they're pushing each other. They're motivating each other. But this is a different team. Jackson Hayes is third year. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is third year. Uh, They're not babies anymore. So the expectations are also different. But they look different. Jackson Hayes truly can make a three. And it's not a, a question mark out of his hand. There's arc on the shot now. And Nikhil looks very good overall. Yeah, and, and AD, you talked, you tweeted about it yesterday, about Nikhil and what's in his bag. And there's a lot in it. And I feel like we still haven't found out everything that's in there. But, man, just watching him in practice, it's been really exciting to see Nikhil go to work. I, I am so, like, you know, when you go to training camp, there are certain things that you, you don't even go in with expectation. You just kind of sit back and you watch and see what stands out. 
Um, the first day, uh, Jackson Hayes shooting three-point shots and not just shooting them, knocking them down with zero hesitation in live competition. Trey Murphy and how uh, effortless he got a wetter. Mm-hmm. He got a J. Like, he yeah. has a J. His skill set is going to mesh extremely well with what Zion and B.I. and Jonas and those guys do. Um, Devontae Graham, how effortless he shoots the basketball from range. You know, it's a couple guys in the league that you think of. I think of a Damian Lillard. I think of a, a Steph Curry and a Trey Young. Just how effortless from that four-point line, how he shoots that with such ease. Okay, after saying all that, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been that dude for me from day one that has really stood out. Joel just mentioned the fact that it's his third year, and it's like growth is not linear, right? So the light comes on for different players at different times. And right now, what I've seen in these five practices, and Joel just alluded to the fact that you can go all the way back to the Canadian um, national team. And Nikhil spoke to us yesterday about how beneficial that was for him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, to me, has been something special. When we talk about all that he has in his bag offensively, the ability to shoot the three off the dribble, he's ambidextrous around the rim, uh, step backs, footwork. Uh, Garrett Temple, to me, out of everybody we interviewed, he had a, a line about Nikhil. And it was so surprising, but I get what he said. He said, you know what, AD? Nikhil, to me, is probably the most gifted offensive player on our roster. Think about, think about how much of a compliment that is because you're playing with the guy in Zion that's a generational talent. Whoever's 27 on 61% for the field, you're playing with Brandon Ingram, who's six foot eight, six foot nine, and can do so much offensively. But to watch Nikhil Alexander offensively and what he has in his bag to me has been one of, if not the most impressive thing that I've seen thus far in these five practices. Yeah, right. as long as you, you know what, AD, as long as you brought that up because you brought up Zion. Zion kind of surprised us a little bit when we asked him what he had been doing, what he added to his game over the summer. And he goes a lot. And he said, watch my mid-range game. And I mm-hmm. remember AD, I said to him, 10, 15 footer, he goes, watch my mid-range game. I've been working on it. So it's only, you know, his third season as well. And it's like he didn't have a first season. So uh, basically be two full seasons for him when he finishes this year. But Zion feels real good about his mid-range game, his handle and his mid-range game. So, and he gets into that with us, AD, tonight on our Sirius XM uh, special, the preview for the Bells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, before I let you all go, though, you all will be able to broadcast the home game here on October 6th. As the Pelicans will welcome in the Orlando Magic. So obviously, you all will be able to watch these games. Give the fans a guide to watch preseason games, because I know it's obviously a little different than watching the regular season, and everyone's going to have their opinion, and it's all that's never going to change. We were talking about that before the show, AD. So I'll start with you. Just give us a fan's guide to how to watch preseason, or is there any guide oh, to watching Oh, you it? said a fan's guide? Yeah, so like have as far as evaluating, evaluating what they could, what to look out for for them when trying to when watching these four games. I I tell you, for me, it's um, it's a chemistry and effort thing. That's it, because you know preseason for me is like um, it's a it's a no win situation, because if a team plays well or a guy plays well, you know what people say? Oh, it's just preseason. Exactly, and if 
team plays bad and the guy plays bad, you know what they say? Oh, man, you know what? This is going to be awful season. So it's a no-win situation. So for me, I'm paying attention to the chemistry and the effort. That's it. You know, sometimes the ball's not going to go in. I, I remember watching this summer league and Najee Marshall picking up somebody at half court with a minute to go in the game, and they were up 19 points. Those are the kind of things I'm looking at. Does the effort and Willie Green's voice and what he is preaching on the defensive side of the basketball, is that resonating? Yeah, I want to see the carryover. I want to see the carryover from practice to the game because now we've watched them break down specific defensive schemes and drills. So we know how they want to guard certain things. We're there. We, want to, we know how they want to guard the pick and roll, this coverage or that coverage, how they want to guard uh, down screens, pistol action, all these other kind of things. So to watch the carryover and to see the effort at which that carryover comes, that's really what I'm paying attention to, not nearly as much as the score. What about you, Joel? And well, a couple of things. And AD, we didn't even talk about Nachi. Nachi doesn't look like a guy going into a second season, by the way. Summer League helped him because he was a he was the varsity, and a lot of those guys were JV. So Nachi's in the gym. Talk about a guy's body language has confidence. He feels real strong about himself right now. That is really healthy the way Nachi looks. Uh, also, and I agree with AD on the effort and the, the development of chemistry and what guys look for, and you know the guys that really work well together. But also the experimentation for Willie to see what kind of combinations work. Yesterday, in fact, at one point, was it yesterday or that we've been doing two a day? So they run together some of the practices. And I brought it up to Jonas. He was on the floor with Jackson. And he's and it's really good. Jonas said he's pushing me and he's running me. And so you, there could be two different tempos that the Pels play with Jonas on the floor and with Jackson on the floor as the five. And then if you want to go small, so that's where now Willie can experiment, look at things he might not want to do early in the season because he wants to get off to a great start and accrue some wins. So uh, it's real interesting to look at what they're going to do. Uh, see the Bulls on the third game, and the Bulls are a veteran squad, and the Bulls, Bulls haven't been winning. So to match up with the Bulls, that's going to be a good test. Orlando, the game we're doing at home on Wednesday night, that's a really young team, if possible, even younger than the Bells. So I, I think each opponent will present a different proposition for Willie, too, and what he does. Matchups are everything, even in the preseason. But I think it's a, a chance for the coaching staff to find out if the guys and those that work well together. You know, uh, Willie touched on something yesterday that I thought was extremely impressive. Um, you know, People don't like to be vulnerable because they feel like it's a sign of weakness. And what one thing Willie told us yesterday was, you know what, I'm learning too. I'm still learning. You know, we have to understand Willie has yet to coach one regular season game or, or be the head coach of one game. And he told us yesterday, you know what, I'm, I'm still learning. There are still things I'm trying to learn. I'm still trying to learn my players. I'm still trying to learn my, my practice plan, you know, how to get the best out of guys. And I love the fact that he has no issue being vulnerable. Right. He, he understands now, like, this is my first season. I ain't got it all figured out. So there are some things that I have to learn on the fly. And I think the preseason is a great start to learning those things. Yeah, it's really up. refreshing, as AD said. It's refreshing to be around somebody open and honest like Willie has been. That's is him being that candid and that blunt about, hey, 
you know, putting everything together. This is my first, my first rodeo too, like this. And he's still young. So, but you can tell there's a connection with the staff and the, and the players already. And that's because Willie and Willie is great administrators delegate responsibility. And he's given that to his coaching staff with Jaron. And you mentioned with Fred and Casey, this is a very good situation to start for the Bells. And Brandon Ingram touched on it at the beginning of uh, training camp uh, when talking about Willie and how he's kind of letting them be free. He's letting them make their mistakes and learning from them. So you're going to see some of those mistakes during the preseason. Don't get me wrong. You could see a bunch of turnovers, but those are things that Willie wants them to learn on the fly, as you mentioned, Antonio. So if you see a game with 15, 20 turnovers, think, oh, this team is not going to be good. Think again, this is something that Willie wants them to learn on their own and talk about meshing chemistry and matchups. That's something that we're going to see in these four preseason games. So tonight for Antonio and Joel on Sirius XM NBA radio, it's Pelicans training camp special. They talked to David Griffin. They talked to Willie Green. Zion Williamson, who doesn't get to talk to the media, they got an exclusive interview with Zion. Garrett Temple, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, I think I might be missing one. Devontae Graham, potentially. Nikhil. I'm missing? Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yes. That's the last one. So make sure you listen. Be look out for them on social media as well. They'll be posting teases throughout the day. And then make sure you tune in on October 6th as Antonio, Joel, and Jen Hale will be back for the game against the Orlando Magic. For those wanting to tune in on Monday, you can log on to pelicans.com and watch it. If you're within 75 miles of the Smoothie King Center, we'll have the audio underneath the video with Todd Graffney and myself. I apologize in advance, but we'll be with you from Minnesota as the Pelicans open up against the Timberwolves. A really big thanks to Joel and Antonio. Again, busy days ahead, and uh, we're all excited and looking forward to, to having them back on the call for this season. Until Monday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CP.